I hope the new intro helped transport you into a mystical state because we're here now. It's getting dirty. Wine with Hardy Wallace, November 1st, 2018. The focus of today's episode will be actually tasting through a wine that we are releasing tomorrow. It's the 2016 Maples Spring Street Petite Syrah. This is a wine that I produced specifically to celebrate the birth of my daughter in 2016. And though there will be some content coming out about this wine in the next, you know, few days here, I realize nothing really goes into what the wine tastes like except what will appear in the release notes tomorrow. And I've got to write those today. So this seems like a good place to get started. I just poured the wine into a decanter and I did capture that audio a few seconds ago. But without being able to see what I was doing, it really just sounded like I was using the bathroom. So I've scratched that clip. I would suggest decanting this wine for about 90 minutes or more. But for the sake of audio and what I have to do today, um, I think five minutes is fine. Looking at the wine in the decanter, the wine is almost entirely black. There's a kind of barely purple rim on it. But it looks like the dir- <laughs> dirtiest. It looks like the darkest dirty and rowdy wine we've ever produced, including all the petites that we've made in the past. So I've poured three ounces into two different stems. The glass that I use most frequently is the Gabriel Gold Universal Stem, and whether you use the gold, which is the hand blown or the machine made, it's a stem that I use for virtually everything. But petite can be a little funny. I often think if you're going to go with petite Syrah, if you're going to go Berg versus, say, a Bordeaux-style stem, I always go more on the Bordeaux-style. And the stem that I poured it into, I think, was a one-time Riedel petite Syrah stem, which looks kind of like the Zen stem. And um, mine actually is embossed with Masters of Petite Syrah 2007, which I think was a conference on or a tasting on Petite Syrah, and figured, why not pour it in there? 30 seconds in, and the wine shows totally different out of both of these stems. The Gabriel Glass, which is the universal stem, is showing more um, pretty aromatics, like crushed white pepper, like you just kind of threw it in the air, and it's really kind of minerally and floral. Where the Riedel, again, which is more like their Zinfandel glass um, or their Syrah glass, is kind of shows a little bit of reduction, but also just kind of some deeper, heavier flavors. I kind of think the Gabriel's prettier on the nose and the Riedel is more powerful. For the sake of the recording, I'll use the Gabriel primarily because that's the stem I use around the house, but I'll keep checking in with the Riedel stem and seeing how that changes and evolves over time. So the pepper thing, that white pepper thing is, to me, is super unique for petite Syrah. We've made probably seven or eight petites in the past, but never from this vineyard. And though I might pick up graphite and other kind of, kind of stony mineral notes, this white pepper, it, it's, 
it kind of like is is almost granitic in a way and this isn't really a granite driven site by any stretch so it kind of like blind it would throw me for a loop and you'd be like and it's almost like petite planted in the northern Rhone, which i think is pretty dang cool on the nose it's just still so like it's delicate and aromatic and it's like you can stick your nose in it's like almost though it's not sparkling or effervescent in any way it's almost like when you stick your nose over a sparkling beverage and take a whiff you get those like particles up you know really you can feel them in your nostrils and that's both of that pepper but it's got these like really cool like almost violety floral scents and just kind of like grape like purple grape and not like in a carbonic-y grapey type way like as in like like it's grapey no but it's like deep grape um and it's really it's really pretty like it smells like a light-bodied wine um which there aren't very many light-bodied petite syrahs like yeah it definitely comes across as as delicate and structured but delicate Along with that, you get kind of some almost like asphalty, black top, um, leathery type smells that kind of give you a backbone of savory with that crushed white pepper. And yes, you have floral notes and you have that kind of grape. Um, it really seems like on the nose, we're at about 70% savory, 65% savory and the remainder kind of floral and fruit, which is a balance that I find really kind of fun and exciting. The nose hits you kind of in waves, like with almost every swirl, it's like that motion in the glass seems to like set off other sets of aromatics. Then you like, here's the pepper, here's the asphalt, here's the floral, here's the kind of the mineral backbone. And it's kind of really fun to have that um, where it's not something that's just kind of monolithic and just kind of like, wah, 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 there's the smell. So it's really nice, even though it's just been really popped and poured and it's been open for about five minutes to show that much kind of character um, straight in the glass. All right, let's taste this. For me, this wine is squarely medium-bodied. Um, I tend to drink lighter-bodied wines, so this medium body for someone that's used to drinking very powerful inky wines might be on the light side. If you're used to drinking, say, reds from the Jura or you know very light-style red wines, you might say this is medium plus. But for me, I feel like it's right down the middle, medium-bodied, and tannin-wise. This is 100% whole cluster Petit Syrah. You'd think that it would be like unbelievably powerful, rip your face off. But compared to specifically our other Petit Syrahs that we've released over the years that have also been whole cluster, these tannins are much more close to being round, where for the other ones are kind of geometrically like triangles, you know, or kind of triangles that become, say, pentagons. 
this is they're almost the tannins feel like they're almost like octagonal in a way so not quite round but more round than the others i think some of that has to do with the soil and the site this is that kind of beautiful benchland saint helena um, kind of gravelly loam type soil and when you start looking at the vineyards that surround this area you've got spots whether it's Hain Vineyard, Dr. Crane, Gallica, Spotswood, and kind of that little neighborhood. And you see that also in those wines, that kind of longer, more elegant tannic structure. And this being right in kind of the little heart of that neighborhood um, really shows that as well without any change in our winemaking style. The acid in the wine is really nice and bright. Um, if you think of that as the spinal cord, it's like the line is just sitting perfectly straight up and down. Not awkward and rigid um, and kind of like robotic, but very much like poised and you know, balanced straight up and down. And there's enough acidity there that really helps you salivate to kind of wash away some of those astringent particles that are left behind from those tannins. So I feel like that also helps make the wine feel slightly lighter in body because it's got so much freshness from the acidity. So on the palate, uh, gravel is just really starting to like show prominently like this intense minerality, but it's not like heavy rock. It's like, it's very, again, medium body, but maybe even less so um, bodied, like rocky flavor. But if you think of the core of non-soil flavors that's there, it's like this beam of anise or like licorice and then like wrapped around it is this like core of like purple fruit or almost reddish purple fruit. This would probably taste horrible in real life, but like my mental image is if you had a black Twizzler that had like a purple or is wrapped around with like a red Twizzler. Um, and it's kind of like the Twizzler within the Twizzler thing. Yeah. But on the finish, what's really cool is what seems to be dominating the flavor on the finish is kind of those purple-black flavors. So it's not just a ton of rock that kind of goes on and on, but it's almost like you feel as those tannins start to kind of drop off, it's almost like it's snowing these like purple-black flavors in your mouth. And I don't know, I think that's pretty awesome. So it has been about a minute since I had my last sip, and... I still feel this wine um, pretty intensely. Um, in the palate and kind of retro nasally, like I can really pick up that kind of anise um, kind of purple fruit type flavor that's still there. And it's almost like it's slightly confectiony. Like it's very, like it's kind of like powdered flavors that are kind of really, really nice. I think there's enough acid that I'm still salivating and kind of tucked away in little corners of my mouth. Um, you can kind of feel those little tannins still kind of tickling and stimulating parts of your mouth. But beyond that, it's like I kind of in the back of my head, like it almost feels like I can feel like just enough of that acidity that kind of gets you up kind of back behind the ears and kind of in the back of the head. And there's just a lot of sensation that is very persistent. And um, yeah, that's really fun. Um, like one glass of this, um, I feel like there's a lot of... Um, Lack of better terms, a lot of entertainment and a lot of things going on right there. 
So I'm just going to switch back to the other stem, which is the the Riedel Petit Syrah stem that I've got. And just picking it up is just, it's, it's much heavier. It might be heavier too because there's more liquid in it because I haven't been sipping out of it. Um, but it just feels like I'm getting a workout here. <laughs> and um, getting my nose in there, it shows far more of those deep, dark purple flavors versus that kind of light floral uh, white pepper flavors. This is all kind of like red and black plum. And I don't mean red and black plum. I think sometimes people use that when they really mean like pruny type flavors or very ripe. Like I mean, no, like that kind of like summer plum where you bite in and, you know, the outside might be, you know, very dark in color, but the inside's like still kind of, you know, yellow and juicy. And it's much more in line with that but it is showing more of the fruit flavors versus the kind of the pretty like pepper kind of floral notes. I think when you have kind of a bigger stem, I think whether it's psychological or not, it feels like the liquid hits you faster and maybe you take a little bit of a bigger sip or there's a little more momentum behind it. And when you've got a wine with a decent amount of tannins, it's almost like that builds up faster. And so I feel like the Riedel shows this wine more as a medium plus bodied, where the Gabriel shows it more as a medium minus bodied wine, even though it's the same stuff. But going back to the nose on the Riedel, it, it actually smells really, really good. Um, I think I prefer the Gabriel because I do like more of those peppery notes. But the Riedel comes across more... Um, lack of better terms, more like traditional, um, more elegant, um, and a little less um, avant-garde. And it really, like right now, it's kind of killing it uh, aromatically, even though it's not showing some of those lighter flavors. It's just that core is so intense. Yeah, and the tannins just seem much more persistent out of that. Again, probably because maybe you get more more wine in your mouth faster and they kind of build up. But with that tannin, I feel like now where the Gabriel had more of that kind of kind of purple black or you know, purple red confetti or snow that was kind of falling out of the back of your palate on those tannins, this is definitely more gravel that's on the back of your uh, on the back of your palate and kind of that retro nasal. It's just a little more power, a little more intense. I think getting away from the differences in the stems, both wines show the tannins in a really nice light, just one with the volume a little higher, one with the volume a little lower. And I think those tannins come, you know, think of it as, think of them as Velcro, and we have just one side of the Velcro, like we've got the, you know, we've got the hooks here, and they're not totally sanded down or, you know, polished flat, but you've got little tiny hooks that kind of whether they're looking for little loops in your mouth or in the food that you're eating that really kind of are nice and, you know, have just enough little texture to them and knees and elbows. I think some of that is purely soil-based. So I think from this region, whether you're having wines that are made out of Zinfandel or Cabernet or in this case, Petite Syrah, you see that elegance in the tannic structure of all those wines. And then some of it is that though we were a hundred percent whole cluster, in this wine there was actually two different fermentations. I had 
a close to a four ton open top concrete that contained, you know, 75% of the wine, but we also had too much fruit for that tank. So we fermented the rest in a 48 S bin and which is kind of like a large T bin. And we pressed them off separately. We pressed the tank, the four ton open top on its own. And then about two and a half weeks later, we pressed off the 48 S bin, giving it some extended maceration just to kind of give it a little more finesse and a little bit more um, length and polish. Though I felt like we probably sacrificed some aromatics in that portion, but blending it back in, um, it was a small part of the total wine. So it's been challenging with this recording to leave a lot of the why and that meaning of this wine out of it, because again, I think that will exist in other spots over the next coming days. And I really wanted this to focus more on the sensory uh, type experience this wine presents. And what has me really excited is, though this is a structured wine, and the wine's intention is that hopefully my daughter can drink these, you know, when she's of a legal age. But it shows really well right now. Yes, it's structured. Yes, there's acid. Yes, there's tannin. But there's a lot of pleasure. And it would be wine, a wine that I would not hesitate in opening young. But I would make sure that you've got a couple stash away for the future, for your kids, for, you know, celebrations, and yeah, it's nice when you see something that you think will go and provide happiness and kind of joy on both ends of the spectrum. Also, what's really cool about this wine, and that makes it, I think, fairly unique for Petit Syrah, is that with its weight being more in that medium universe, it opens it up to a lot of different food pairing possibilities. You know, as we're hitting November, December, I find myself cooking a lot different, uh, a lot differently where you're either breaking out the slow cooker more, you're breaking out the instant pot more, you're making things that are much more juicy, brothy, but with more savory elements as well. And, you know, the dishes might be rich, but they're not always heavy. And I feel like that's the universe that we play in with this wine. And also, as you're coming into the holidays, we've got a lot of varied things out on the table. This also kind of fits that zone as well. So whether there's tenderloin, whether there's turkey, whether there's ham, you know, yams, veggie dishes, you know, this is kind of in that nice little slot right there. It has been extremely challenging for me to leave a lot of the kind of the emotion and the why away from this podcast. Because, again, this is a wine I made for my daughter, kind of in honor of her coming into the world. And at the same time, I've been trying to steer away from some of the more creative, colorful language I use um, that kind of often seems like a, an ayahuasca journey um, on pen and paper um, in our different tasting notes or release notes. So I tried really hard to give you the nuts and bolts of what this is. Uh, wine-wise. Hopefully that came across, but don't get me wrong, there will be plenty of that in tomorrow's release letter, the tasting notes, and in some other content down the road. But I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Uh, if you've been by the winery, if you've been to an event that I've done, like a dinner that I've done, say, in the past you know, 16 months, you've probably tried this wine, whether out of barrel, barrel samples, shiners, or whatnot. 
and it's the wine that I'm the most excited to ever release and to share with folks. So as we step into the holidays and the end of the year where it's a lot of time with family and celebration, well, I hope this finds a way into your glass. Thanks for hanging out. Ooh.